The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to playoffs. check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible. Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting buy-in for your SEO projects. Joining me is Tom Critchlow, who's founder of SEO MBA. Uh, SEO MBA is a free newsletter and paid online course helping SEO professionals think more strategically, get budget and buy-in for their work. Um, to gain the confidence and tools that they need to succeed in SEO. All right, here's my conversation with Tom Critchlow, the founder of SEO MBA. Tom, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, so yesterday we covered a lot of ground on kind of an area that I feel like a lot of SEOs, we get a little uncomfortable or, you know, there's frustrations on both sides of speaking to the executives and the CEOs. 
But today we're going to dig a bit deeper into one of the most important aspects of SEO is getting buy-in for the projects that we want to put in flight. And I hear again and again with talking to clients from a consulting side or just other SEOs, the frustration that exists when they feel like they're not getting the resources or the tools. And it's almost like, I could do this, but I'm not getting the resources, so I can't do anything in this kind of, I mean, almost too common, like, uh, helpless mentality of like, I can't do this and it's out of my control. But I think like today's conversation is super important because it's more of what can we do then as SEOs to control this fate and to actually get those tools and resources to succeed. So we kind of, again, touched on the, the subject a little bit yesterday, but taking it a little farther, what to you is the starting point to begin this journey or this uh, objective to get the resources that we need to deliver on an SEO project? Yeah, I think all of it grounds in empathy, right? I think that too often we, we think about this as a kind of objective measure. We're like, how do I get budget for my work? Or how do I get resources for my work without properly having an understanding of what everyone else is working on, right? <laughs> what everyone else's goals are, what their resources look like, what their roadmap looks like, what their strategy looks like. I wrote about this on the, the SEO MBA newsletter a little bit, but I've yet to meet a, a company that has a kind of articulated SEO strategy at the executive layer, right? Companies have marketing strategies and they have product strategies, but they don't have SEO strategies at that level, right? And what that means is SEO strategy has to be a piece of somebody else's strategy. So when we, when we talk about trying to get a buy-in and, and resources for the things that we want to get done, we have to have this empathy for what is the product team's roadmap? What are their OKRs? What are their goals? What are they being measured on? What are they working on right now? So that when we try and get something done and they say no, we have to do something. We have to like work with them somehow, right? We have to give them more carrots or we have to explain it to them better or we have to fit it into something else they want to get done anyway. And I think especially in enterprise settings, I lose count of the number of times that I've advocated for organizations to migrate from one platform to another or make some kind of big foundational change. And when I look back over those recommendations, the only times those companies make those big foundational changes is when there's some other reason for doing them anyway, right? When the product team is also like, you know what, we want to replatform. So you're like, great, the SEO team and the product team both want to replatform. Let's do it, right? If it's just the SEO team advocating for it, um, it's a really hard sell, right? You know, big projects are um, super difficult to get on the roadmap. They have to be strategically aligned. So again, it's the idea of empathy, of just understanding what other people are working on, which I think is uh, is really the most important thing. So we're, we're kind of starting then by understanding almost like the constraints or like boundaries of what we're operating within. And if we're understanding what's already slated or what's already budgeted for, now we understand like, okay, we're operating in this space or these are the projects that I can potentially add requirements to or build upon so we're not necessarily just trying to get in a team to drop everything they're doing to pick up what we want to be done. Right, right. And it isn't just the hard constraints, but as a consideration, obviously, but there's also this kind of almost emotional sense of like, what does the product team want to work on? What would a project that would get them excited <laughs> look like, right? What would actually align to their goals and their objectives? What would make them happy, right? So again, you know, you have this kind of like these two very different scenarios. On the one hand, you're trying to advocate for the site to get faster and the product team feels like this is a huge 
like pain in their ass. They're like, I don't want to make the fastest site fast. There's a bunch of engineering work. We're not going to prioritize it, blah, 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 blah. Versus a product team where their OKR is site speed and you're advocating for getting the site faster. And they're like, yes, finally. <laughs> More people advocating for what we want to do, right? And so you've got to find those situations where you can kind of help, you can kind of move with the organization instead of moving against the organization. And, uh, you know, much like we talked about in yesterday's episode about talking to the CEO and the senior executives, language really matters here too, right? I wrote about this in the SEO MBA email where I looked at Etsy's quarterly earning reports, right? And Etsy, you know, is a company that probably has like, I don't know, 50, 60, if not more percent of their traffic coming from SEO, right? From, from organic search. SEO is a huge driver of revenue for Etsy. SEO is not mentioned once in their quarterly earnings report. So, well, why is that, right? It's like, well, SEO itself is just not that exciting, right? It doesn't get Wall Street excited. It doesn't get product teams excited. And so instead, we need to look at, well, what are they talking about, right? And when I did it a few months ago now, quarterly earnings report for Etsy is talking about international expansion. It's talking about adding videos to product pages. It's talking about uh, improving on-site search, right? Those are the things that that's their kind of big priorities for the organization. How do we make our SEO initiatives feel like they support those things, rather than getting in the way of them. So a kind of dumb example might be, okay, we want to fix um, XML sitemaps, right? It's like very, very simple, whatever, you know, kind of a hypothetical example. And we're struggling to get the product team to buy in and make the changes or prioritize this work to the XML sitemaps. So we say, okay, great. Actually, fixing these XML sitemaps isn't just going to benefit Etsy.com. It's also going to benefit our international sites. And suddenly you have an initiative which is directionally aligned to one of these big things that the company wants to get done, right? The, the chief product officer scans down the list and is like, oh, this one helps the international sites. Great. Everyone's going to love that because we're, work, we're on the same page. We're working towards a common goal. And yeah, that's kind of a, kind of a strange illustration. But um, I think that scenario plays out again and again and again. One more thing I'll, I'll say here before I stop talking for a second um, is so much of SEO feels like paying down tech debt, right? So many of the things that we're advocating for sound like just fixing our platforms or optimizing what we currently have. And executives love to do new things. They like growth initiatives, right? And so again, a lot of the times is we're struggling for getting buy-in for the things you want to do because it sounds like it's kind of boring. It's kind of optimizing or it's maintaining. It's preserving the status quo, et cetera. And that might be true. That, that, those, that might be what we're advocating for, but we should find a way to talk about it that feels more like growth. It's more like we're doing new things, expanding our capabilities, getting better over time. And if we can position it that way, we'll have more success. And it's a harsh reality that even if some of these SEO initiatives get us excited <laughs> as SEOs, it's fair that the rest of the world or the rest of the organization doesn't share that. So giving the opportunity to get excited by seeing something through a different lens, I think is a great tip. And two other ones that I just want to kind of double down on for the listeners is one, you mentioned looking at other teams' OKRs. I think that is a perfect tactic. Rather, if you're in-house, if you're a consultant from the outside, like that's going to be a huge clue how to talk to a given team, stakeholder group, whatever. I think like a common one is a lot of product or dev teams might have like their core KPI being conversion rate. And so obviously, if you're talking about page speed, like you mentioned, making that connection of this is how page speed will impact conversion rate, right. not framing it as, hey, we're going to get two position on average, two ranking positions for improving page speed is a great tactic. And also to your point that you highlighted in your newsletter is looking at earnings calls, like companies are telling the public 
what they're interested in, what's important to them. And regardless if you're in-house or working with one of these companies, like, and I've, I've said before to like teams that I manage is you should be listening. If you have a client, you should be listening to every single earnings call they have because they're going to give you, they're going to give you this information. It's not like they're trying to hide what's important to the business. And like another example on it is was working with an enterprise client in the sporting goods space and on the earnings call they just over and over and over again were repeating on how they need to succeed in the t-shirt category and so it was like great what can we do from seo to enable the performance success within that category not just talking about all category pages or all product pages like what can we do to the t-shirt categories who are speaking that same language yeah i I think there's a I've met a lot of in-house SEO teams that are kind of marginalized inside their organization. And it's for exactly this reason, which is that they're just not really seen as a team player. Like SEO is always trying to get these things done that no one else is really that interested in. It doesn't align to anyone else's objectives. And that's just a frustrating situation. It's a bad place to be in, but I see how it happens, right? And so again, you have to, you have to do this work right? And you have to pay attention. You have to listen. You have to meet other stakeholders, right? You have to make sure that you're a part of those sessions to make sure that you're understanding what their goals and objectives are, what they care about, what they're working on, you know, what's coming, et cetera, et cetera. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And I want to also go back to something that we touched on yesterday, but I think it's really important in this conversation too for getting buy-in for it. And one of the recommendations that you gave yesterday was when you're presenting an initiative to an executive team, to also be providing how you got to the impact. And I think this is like a really key area. And we talked yesterday of how that's kind of an uncomfortable zone for a lot of SEOs because there's the things that they don't control or that we don't control. But I think like that recommendation of giving the formula is a really critical piece because it adds the credibility that you need instead of just saying, hey, we're going to get this crazy number out of this black box. Anything else that you could kind of like expand on within that piece to kind of 
give the blueprint, so to speak, of how you got to a business impact or the overall objective of an initiative. Yeah, totally. I actually want to kind of dive into a specific piece of this, which is when you're presenting an SEO strategy and asking for budget and trying to estimate impact, you have to do a proper accounting of what it's going to take, right? And and I see I see there's a lot of failure modes here from SEOs who are like, well, we're going to update the product pages and then, you know, blah, 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 and that's going to get us, you know, 5% lift or whatever. It's like, okay, how are we going to update the product pages? How big a team do we need? How many sprints do we need? Do we need a designer? Do we need UX research? Do we need like QA? Like how long is it going to take? Are we updating the mobile site or the desktop site or both? Like you need the answers to those decisions. You need to have done the work to actually scope the project properly with the various teams, whether that's the editorial team, the product team, the marketing team, the engineering team. And again, I see this time and time again when you're kind of presenting this to the CEO and CEO is like, you just haven't thought this through. I just don't believe that this initiative is actually like real in the way that you think it's real, right? Or you haven't shown me that it's kind of it's kind of uh, tangible enough, right? That if I give you this money tomorrow, if I give you the green light tomorrow, the first step should not be like scoping the project, right? Like you got to scope the project before I give you the money, right? Uh, or at least to some degree, right? It might not be fully scoped, but you need to do some understanding. Um, so, so that does two things, right? That forces you to go to the product team and work with the product team to scope it out or go to the marketing, te- marketing team and scope it out. But it also forces you to just think it through a bit more, right? You know, again, it's, uh, I think a lot of SEOs are guilty of saying things like we should improve our content or we should add content to our category pages or we should do X, Y, and Z. And that's a whole project. Like that, the whole bunch of people have to do a bunch of stuff for that to be true. And it's on us to make sure that we're thinking through all of those things, right? Even if it's like, okay, we're going to advocate for a whole bunch of new content. It's like, okay, what well, do we, it's not just the content production, but are we also going to need like an editor? Are we going to need visual assets for that content? Do we need a new CMS for that content? Like let's think through all of the steps to actually get it real, to get it live, right? And if you don't do that, then you're presenting something to the executive team, which just feels kind of wishy-washy, right? Feels like it's not real. Feels like it hasn't been scoped properly. And there isn't that confidence that if the executive says yes, that you can actually get it done, right? And so again, I think it's a lot of this comes back to this point about empathy. It starts with this this sense of like, okay, if I want to get the product team to do this, how does that work? How many people am I going to need? Do we have those people? Who's going to work on it? How long is it going to take them? What are the projects is going to impact, right? For example, if we want to make changes to our product pages, what other changes are we planning on making to our product pages? Like that's a foundational question, right? But if, but if you don't stop and ask that question, then you're going to pitch them to the CEO and the CEO's like sat there being like, aren't we, aren't we redesigning those pages next quarter anyway? Like, and you're like, oh, now you've lost credibility, right? And so those situations are the exact, those are the exact moments when you lose that status inside the organization. You lose that access to the executive team, right? And next time the CEO is like, I don't want the SEO person in the room. <laughs> They're not going to be useful. And that's a terrible situation to be in. But I've seen that happen. I've seen teams stumble and misstep and, and not think things through properly and not create the buy-in across the organization. And then they lose influence, they lose access. And that's a kind of a, a downward spiral, right? Once you start losing access, because then you can't do the empathy because teams won't tell you how much it's going to, work it's going to take. They won't tell you their roadmap. You can't get access to the, you know, and that's a, that's a kind of bad, bad place to be. I, I think that's really good advice. And it's, it's taking advantage of those opportunities that you get and then being able to build upon those to then keep gaining more trust, more credibility within the organization as a whole. The piece about like proper scoping, I think is a really critical one because obviously depending on the topic within SEO, depending on the teams that you're working with, there's a lot of times those scenarios where you may not be 
the right person to actually adequately determine what's needed to make a change. And an example could be maybe a page speed, like we've talked about this. And maybe there's certain elements of page speed that you're able to identify, like, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z. But then the actual lift of implementing those is a little even, I mean, kind of going back to the SEO analogy of being a black box is we may view that as right. a black box because we're not familiar. How, like, do you have any tips to enable the SEO to like have those conversations with those stakeholder groups before they're getting to the executive, regardless if it's talking to a product dev team on page speed or an editorial team on content production, like anything that would... Any recommendations to help the SEOs out there in having those cross-functional conversations to prepare themselves? Yeah, yeah. There's two kind of foundational things. So one is what I call the consultant stance. I wrote an, an SEO MBA email about this, about, you know, we should never tell people what to do. We shouldn't go to the product team and be like, we should make the, the site faster. Or go to the product team and say, we should make this, this page better. Or go to the editorial team and say, we should make content. Instead, we have to talk about the opportunity. Step one always starts with, I think there's an opportunity to make the site faster. If we made the site faster, I think we could get this amount of increased revenue, traffic, improvement, whatever it might be. You start with the opportunity, right? And then you go, you shop that around to the various teams to understand, is it possible? Do people believe me? How much work would it take? Does it conflict with other things on the roadmap? Blah, 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 blah. And you gradually kind of layer on the details and the kind of the case from there, right? But it has to start from the sense of not we should, but there is an opportunity to. And when you can have that stance, you open up a lot more doors. When you go to the, even the, the thinking back to kind of my interactions with like a chief product officer, right? Going to be like, hey, I've got this idea. Can I just grab you for five minutes? And you sit them down. And you're like, I think we should do X, Y, Z, Z, Z. And you're like, okay, I think we should do, or we should do, or you should do. Like all of that language is bad language, right? It should be like, there is an opportunity, right? There is an opportunity to do this thing. We can decide to take the opportunity or not as the, the details emerge and as the business case evolves. But the opportunity is the, is the starting point. So that's one kind of big idea. It's like the language and the, the framing that we use matters. So the second big idea for uh, approaching other teams uh, to do work is we have to position our initiatives as being additive to their resources, right? And again, this is, this is certainly if you're a bit more senior or a bit more strategic inside the organization. You know, if you go to the content team, for example, and you say, okay, you're producing 20 pieces of content a month. I would love 10 pieces of those content to be evergreen pieces of content so that they can target keywords that are going to be good for SEO. What you've basically said to them is, I want you to do extra work or to stop doing the kind of, stop doing work that you're currently doing, right? It's kind of a, kind of a combative stance, right? We're, we're basically either giving them more work, adding to their backlog, or we're saying, stop doing some of the things they're currently doing. Same is true for the product team, right? If we add tickets to the product team, we're basically saying, you shouldn't do some other tickets, you should do my tickets, or I'm just adding to your backlog, right? That might be fine for small things, right? Small projects and, and where we already have some degree of buy-in or some relationship, but when we talk about yearly planning and we talk about kind of like the, the bigger pitches, there's an opportunity to frame that not as I want to add more work to your plate, but I want to help you get more resources. So a classic one for me is organizations generally underinvest in content production and underinvest in front end development, both of which are really important to SEO. So on the one hand, yes, we need to get some things done on the front end of the site. And yes, we need to make some content. Of the, of the kind of the bigger picture, the yearly planning picture at the CEO table, we should be advocating for more front-end development resources and for more content resources. And so when you have that frame, when you go to the product team and you say, hey, can we put a business case together for expanding the team? Because I have a bunch of things I need to get done. 
And I know you have a bunch of things that need to get done and that math just doesn't work. <laughs> so can we together put our heads together and try and advocate for another front end developer or additional outsourced support or whatever it is, right? When you suddenly have that frame, you become collaborative with that team rather than combative with that team. You're not telling them what to do or adding work to their backlog or telling them they're doing something that is wrong. You're saying between us, we can advocate for more resources here, but you might need a little bit of help to do that, right? So you might need to say, okay, you know what? Why don't we just produce these 10 pieces of evergreen content? It's not going to be every month, but if we just do some of them, we can make the case that this stuff works. And then we can use that case to go and get another writer that is going to be dedicated to evergreen content or whatever it might be. So again, it's, it's recognizing that the way we move inside an organization is political and our influence on other teams is not guaranteed. You know, the SEO team is often sat in this kind of weird in-between zone, right? In-between product, marketing, content, engineering, and so on. We often have very little formal authority to tell people what to do. And so we have to create this more empathetic and relationship building stance of, hey, let's work together to try and figure out how we can get the resources to get the things done that I think that will capture this big opportunity. I really like to the consistency of all of this is coming from an empathy approach. We're learning, we're understanding the pain points, the frustrations of those teams that we're reliant on. And then essentially you're painting the picture of just how can SEO be a better team player to the organization as a whole and not just, hey, I want this authoritative, follow my direction, (laughs) do exactly what I want, but more of how can I help these other teams? How can I enable them or support them? And in that case, you're building that relationship. You're collectively building a business case. You're getting those inputs to then have better scoping of your request. But then also you're creating this kind of like grassroots buy-in, groundswell to then actually have the light or have the opportunity to succeed in the space. Yeah. And what that means practically is that you probably have to choose not to do some things, right? What that means practically is you have to say, I'm not going to try and give my whole backlog to the product team. I'm not going to try and overnight get all of these pieces of content made, right? What it means is you have to choose some focus and you have to pick and choose your battles and you have to say, you know what, the most important things to get right done, done right now are or the things that I think we can get done in the current system or with the current constraints, the current resources is this. And you have to choose carefully what those things are because if you try and get everything done, you're just going to annoy everyone, right? Everyone's just going to feel like you're putting too much work on their backlog. And every team is making those, every, every other team is making their own trade-off, right? Like you think the product team doesn't have a backlog of things they'd love to get done if only they had the time. You think the marketing team doesn't have a backlog of, of things they, they wish they could get done. No, everyone is making these trade-offs, right? And so you have to, you have to focus too. And maybe this is a, a good kind of last question to the conversation here, but with that piece and making, having your prioritization and choosing like, what are the battles that you want to fight? What are the ones that you're fine with kind of pushing back? We have this balance of impact and effort. Any tips for SEOs out there to balance between those two? And so I think when we have, if it's just simple as like, what's the biggest impact? Great. But reality of the world is sometimes those huge requests are some of the hardest ones to get picked up. Like we talked about changing a CMS or changing a platform, a website. Well, it's a huge request that you're then asking. So do you have anything or would you make any recommendations to SEOs of how to balance that impact to effort 
component in prioritization and making these choices? Yeah, I'm actually not a big fan of the of those impact and effort kind of prioritization exercises. You get asked to do them. Teams get asked to do that. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds like a good idea. It sounds like we should objectively go down and we should rank them on impact and effort, and then we should choose the ones that have the most impact and the least effort. And in reality, I find that the things that an organization chooses to do tends to be much more political and strategic than choosing the things that have the most impact, right? Um, tends to be, like we talked about before, this idea of can you align what you want to get done with strategy? Can you align what you want to get done with what the product team also wants to get done, right? Can we combine these things together in a way that gets 50% of the benefit for both teams, right? And so I find that in, in reality, often when we're in those situations, we're making much more kind of subjective and political decisions. And so I think that it sounds nice. Like, you, yes, we have to have some understanding of impact and effort, but that isn't the only consideration. And in most situations, that is not even the primary consideration. And, and this is especially true for SEO work, where, again, we're advocating for things that teams are likely working on anyway. There probably is some notion of content production already. And we're talking about changing it. There's already some notion of updating the website already. And we're talking about changing it. So it isn't about these things that exist in a vacuum. SEO initiatives and recommendations are often super cross-functional. <laughs> we're, we're talking about integrating content and product and engineering. And we're trying to influence all of these roadmaps. So again, I think that it's fine to do a kind of impact and effort scoring task. But don't. I wouldn't look at it too objectively. right? I think that you have to remember that this kind of alignment piece, this idea of aligning what we want to get done with other teams, other initiatives, with strategic priorities is uh, in many cases, just pragmatically, that is more uh, that has more impact. Absolutely. And then it really does also go back to one of your early points of giving the opportunity for an SEO project initiative to be interesting to the organization as a whole. And it's not just right. rankings or keywords. But it's what is the business impact and how do we make this something that the organization can get behind. All right. So that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Tom Critchlow, founder of SEO MBA, for joining us. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.